Chapter Eight, Part Two of Autobiography, Memories and Experiences, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Autobiography, Memories and Experiences, Volume Two, by Moncure Conway. Chapter Thirty One, Part Two. The Mazinists supposed that Robert Browning sympathized with the strange delusion which inspired his wife's poem, Napoleon the Third in Italy. This I doubted, and I felt that Mazzini held corresponding delusions. With my abhorrence of war, I could not espouse his scheme for European conflagration, with the United States for participant, and his letter of May the twenty-fifth, eighteen sixty-five, was not communicated to anyone, and here appears for the first time. I was rather embarrassed in this matter. As minister of South Place Chapel, I was intimate in the circle of Mazzini's particular friends. Mazzini was to them not only representative of the European Republic, yet in dreamland, but a sort of high priest of the religion on which it was based. His faith in it was absolute. Resting not on scientific premises, but on a vision of the eternal reasonableness of things One day when we were alone I ventured to press a little on his theism For I was beginning to realize that it was of a type that included the sword as a means of establishing the divine republic I suggested that his theism seemed to verge on optimism if God created all things and governed the world his worshippers might claim the existence of the papacy as its sufficient authority He said that in that direction one might indeed be driven into Pyrrhonism But went on to appeal to the spiritual institutions and the facts of moral consciousness as the supreme truth This of course did not meet the dilemma Because it left no tribunal to decide between the moral consciousness of Mazzini and that of the Pope nor between the method of warfare common to both and my own principles against war My friend miss Ashurst Biggs once reproached me for inconsistency in not entering into the cause of Italian Liberty with the same zeal as for Negro Liberty I Surprised her by saying that although after war had unhappily broken out between North and South I had sustained the side that seemed likely to liberate the slave and remove our country's source of discord I never advocated Negro insurrection and had opposed coercion of the seceded states Mazzini's theism was not shaken by the consideration that Under God his Republic had been given by Garibaldi to the monarchy But mine was shaken by the assassins transfer of the Negro race in America into the hands of an ignorant slaveholder Andrew Johnson made president by the bullet of Wilkes Booth Going about with his unctuous phrase when it pleased Almighty God to remove Abraham Lincoln Was enough to make every earnest soul an atheist so far as that deity was concerned Nevertheless when such a soul started out to discover a deity totally free from complicity with the assassin He would find it difficult to discover one and probably take refuge with a deity whose predetermined violences were on the believer's own side 
my experience is that long labor against injustice done to a race not our own has a tendency to diminish reverence for things consecrated by nationalism having lost my early devotion to the sacred soil of virginia having learned to look upon disunion as flinging open the portals of freedom and justice for a race not my own i could not share mazzini's creed about the sacredness of rome and the importance of italy's reintegration to the everlasting purposes i began to inquire in each case not about boundaries without souls but whether the individuals inside them enjoyed freedom when mazzini died eighteen seventy two the feeling among us all in london was profound my friend peter taylor m p wrote me a heartbroken note in which he said his friends i among others pleaded with him to leave the fight and live his last few years among us in peace and literary activity only we said you have put your country on the road to progress you have gained independence the rest is a work of time of more time than is yours disappointment and apparent failure will attend the first steps we failed because he was no egotist while there was anything not achieved and while he had power to move he could not rest had he consented to end his political life before he yielded his mortal life he would have received this side the grave the laurels that now will adorn the cemetery on the day of mazzini's death i visited carlyle and told him i should hold at south place a memorial service in honor of that man carlyle talked freely about him and i wrote down as nearly as i could what he said i remember well when he sat for the first time on the seat there a more beautiful person i never beheld with his soft flashing eyes and face full of intelligence he had great talent certainly the only acquaintance of mine of anything like equal intellect who ever became entangled in what seemed to me hopeless visions he was rather silent spoke chiefly in french though he spoke good english even then it was plain he might have taken a high rank in literature he wrote well as it was sometimes for the love of it at others when he wanted a little money but never what he might have written had he devoted himself to that kind of work he had fine tastes particularly in music but he gave himself up as a martyr to his aims for italy he lived almost in squalor his health was poor from the first he took no care of it he used to smoke a great deal and drink coffee with bread crumbled in it but hardly gave any attention to his food his mother used to send him money but he gave it away when she died she left him as much as two hundred pounds a year all she had but it went to italian beggars his mother was the only member of his family who clung to him his father soon turned his back on him his only sister married a strict catholic and herself became too strict to have anything to do with mazzini he did see her once or twice but the interviews were too painful to be repeated he desired i am told to see her again when he was dying but she declined poor mazzini i could not have sympathy with his views and hopes he used to come here and talk about the solidarity of peoples and when he found that i was less and less interested in such things 
he had yet another attraction than myself which brought him to us but he found that she also by no means entered into his opinions and his visits became fewer but we always esteemed him he was a very religious soul when i first knew him he reverenced dante chiefly if not exclusively when his letters were opened at the post office here mazzini became for the first time known to the english people there was great indignation at an english government taking the side of an austrian against italian patriots and mazzini was much sought for invited to dinners and all that but he did not want the dinners he went to but few places he formed an intimacy with the ashursts which did him great good gave him a kind of home circle for the rest of his life in england at last it has come to an end i went to see him just before he left london for the last time passed an hour and came away feeling that i should never see him again and so it is the papers and people have gone away blubbering over him the very papers and people that denounced him during life seeing nothing of the excellence that was in him they now praise him without any perception of his defects poor mazzini after all he succeeded he died receiving the homage of the people and seeing italy united with rome for its capital well one may be glad he has succeeded we wait to see whether italy will make anything great out of what she has got we wait on march the seventeenth eighteen seventy two the audience assembled in south place chapel to do homage to mazzini included his most eminent friends but i could say nothing about italy i could only speak of the fidelity and personal greatness of the man for i was already beginning to realize that the method of violence for any high aim was a gigantic mistake i saw that all mazzini's self-sacrifice had gone to strengthen the throne of napoleon the third and to bring on that war in which his ideal of italy had been crucified between napoleon the third and bismarck on hearing of the outbreak of the franco-german war mazzini who read shakespeare exclaimed a plague on both your houses among the refugees in london from the revolutions of eighteen forty eight the most resourceful was karl blind he possessed some means had a good mastery of english and was an excellent writer in german he was the london correspondent of every radical journal in germany also of one in vienna his letters keeping them abreast of general literature and science in england meanwhile his erudition in german philosophy he was of course a free thinker and his knowledge of teutonic mythology and folklore enabled him to write useful articles in english magazines he brought with him to london his wife and her two children ferdinand and matilde who adopted the name of blind in eighteen sixty six the family was overwhelmed and all the world startled by the attempt of ferdinand to shoot bismarck and his suicide the young man had been finely educated both in england and in germany his sister mathilde gave me some account of him after his graduation he made a tour through germany to study the different kinds of scientific agriculture mathilde showed me a letter from her brother to a friend in germany in which he declares that bismarck is steadily leading germany into war 
and as he is too high for the law to reach he can only be dealt with by an individual one passage in ferdinand's letter is very remarkable being written in 1866 and I quote it literally as I wandered through the blooming fields of Germany that was so soon to be crushed under the iron heel of war and saw the numbers of youths pass by that were to lose their lives for the selfish aims of a few the thought came quite spontaneously to punish the cause of so much evil and even if it were at the cost of my life the wild deed which struck so close to my friends not simply the blind family but the families of their eminent fellow exiles did them only evil it called out many classical anecdotes and quotations in honor of regicide the theory of the radicals that bismarck was saved by wearing a coat of mail did not affect the masses in europe young blind had sacrificed himself to give bismarck the halo of a man of destiny the republican leaders were thrown against the sharp horns of a dilemma they must either justify Ferdinand or disarm the revolution. I may mention here a strange incident that occurred thirteen years later when I was residing at Hamlet House. An agreeable young gentleman came from Ohio with an introduction from an eminent friend there. He talked pleasantly, and my wife invited him to stay to dinner. He told us a good deal about our Cincinnati friends, and I asked what I could do for him. He said that he desired to make the acquaintance of Carl blind and I gave him my card for introduction After a few games of billiards he left for his hotel, and I never saw him again Two days later Carl blind came to my house pale with agitation and Told me that a man sent to him by me had proposed a scheme for killing the Prince of Wales Horrified we drove swiftly to a hotel which he had mentioned to me, but he was not there and apparently had not been there Blind regretted as I did that he had not at once arrested the man instead of ordering him out of the house He had a notion I believe that he was a guest in my house At any rate he was lost in the multitude and though we took advice nothing could be done in answer to my report to my friend in Ohio a letter said that the young man had previously been in an insane asylum But his friends supposed him cured and that the physicians thought that a foreign tour might entirely restore his physical health He had been a peaceful patient and his suggestion of assassination was unaccountable to them The blinds entertained a good deal Mathilde possessed beauty and from the first was distinguished for her literary culture her acquaintance with the languages and literatures of Germany France and Italy was marvelous The delight of Mazzini in her society seemed to some of their political friends to be of importance to the affairs of Germany and France For Mathilde was well acquainted with such matters and keenly interested in them Her poems are full of thought and had she been writing in her native language I feel certain that she would have reached wide fame her brother Rudolph, an artist, their beautiful half-sister, Otilia, now Mrs. Hancock, the entertaining conversation of their mother, combined with Carl Blind's ability and knowledge, made their house a sort of salon. There we used to meet the admirable Freiligrath and Ledru Rollin, 
and if any interesting man came especially from germany we were sure to meet him at one of those sunday evenings in winchester road end of chapter 31 part 2